Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Minneapolis. With me is Greg Velasquez in Des Moines. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Hello. Greg is not with me this time because, as you're about to hear, what's on the agenda is too fanciful for him. He's just too much of a realist to pick a starting 11 for a tournament more than four years away. But that's okay. I've got a special guest who is perfect for this role. His name is Dylan Payne, a.k.a. at Don't Tread Soccer, one of the most prolific and attentive USMNT-focused accounts on Twitter.com. Dylan's based in Chicago, the seat of the empire, the home of the U.S. Soccer Federation. Dylan, can you swing by Soccer House and see if they're working on the general manager job description? (laughs) Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I'll pick it outside and see how that goes. (laughs) Tonight, we are going to draft starting 11s for the 2022 World Cup. It's speculative. It's wildly irresponsible. I'm totally psyched. How are you feeling, Dylan? Uh, feeling a little nervous, to be totally honest with you. I don't know. There, there's a lot of things that can change. And uh, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about the uh, my, my hopeful 11 that I have here, but it could go either way. We'll see. I, I'll make sure to print this out and hang it on my wall and keep it there for four years and see how it turns out. Yeah, we got to set our calendars to remind each other. It's it makes me sympathize. Gaming through this makes me sympathize with a real general manager a little bit more because you just have no idea what the other uh, general managers are going to do, and I can't imagine what that's like with like twenty nine. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. It's funny if I would have done this four years ago, there'd be guys who are like hardly playing professional soccer anymore on there. So hopefully hopefully these guys uh stay stay tough and and make me look make me look good here. Right. Right. Well that that's a good segue. Let me run through the rules. Uh every male American player in the pool is available. That does not include this is a pre agreed arrangement. That does not include speculative dual nationals who have never expressed serious interest in playing for the USA. We all know who they are. Jordan, Sibachu. And second, we each have to select 11 players and put them in a formation that is credible. We don't have to run the Tab Ramos 4-3-3 or the Bruce Arena. Please destroy us, empty bucket midfield. (laughs) (laughs) But but we're not allowed to choose 10 center mids and must have a goalkeeper. We We can play players out of position but must explain ourselves after the draft and provide a rationale for how it would work. We'll post our starting 11s on Twitter and run a poll to get a popular vote on who has the better lineup. Should be fun. And Let me make one more note, which is that the World Cup in Qatar is in late fall 2022, which means players who are currently 20 will be 24 or 25. 30 will be 34, 35. I know that's simple math, but it's worth pointing out because the age landscape will be dramatically different. And remember, Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney were not in the national team picture 12 months ago. So others will arrive suddenly on the scene over the next four years. It's our job tonight to figure out who's going to be the real deal. <laughs> and like nervous, real nervous here. <laughs> I'm nervous too. So you said you have a coin to flip for the first pick. Sure do. What what are you gonna call? I'll go. T- I'll go tails. Give me tails. the eagle. Alrighty. 
All right. The unveil. It's tails, my friend. Okay. You you start us off here. My first pick is Weston McKenney. The center midfielder for Schalke. Very nice. What's your formation? Well, I I don't want to tell you that yet because it will <laughs> tip my hand. Also, it may change depending on who you That's fair. who you pick. You That's know? fair. Cool. So Weston. So, so so that's maybe we should talk about that real quick. After we're done picking our teams, we will uh, we'll sort of debate who would win, and we'll we'll give okay. our formations at that point, right? Sounds good. All right. So Weston is off the board. I am going to go with my number one pick, um, Josh Sargent. Wow. Up top. Wow. Yeah. I'm putting I'm putting all my faith into. Uh, the Werder Bremen man, even though he hasn't played a minute of of uh, professional soccer yet. Wow, that really surprises me. Yeah, I'm a little. Ner- I, I, I mean, I'll probably explain it a little later, but I'm just a little nervous about that position. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm nervous about it too. Okay, well, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play games. I'm going with Christian Pulisic with my second pick. That is a, a good one. Ugh. All right. So for my second pick, I'm going to go ahead and drop in um, the Energizer Bunny, um, New York Red Bull legend at the age of 19, Tyler Adams. Mm, yeah. Good pick. Okay. We don't have a time limit. Yeah, hopefully take your we, time. Hopefully we won't have to... Uh institute one here's where i'll get a little speculative i'm gonna take keaton parks i think ah. with my third pick ah nice yeah i'm not really that sure about that one but that's a pretty good one that was actually going to be my next pick so that is frustrating um <laughs> Okay, so Keaton's off the board. I am feeling a little, a little worrisome about my midfield here now. Oh man, this is freaking me out, man. <laughs> I'm really struggling here. All right, I think I'm gonna go with Jonathan Amon. Ooh, that's a good pick. Total, probably the most underrated prospect in the pool. Yeah, he's just got to get healthy, man. Yeah, because okay, so because we're down to basically those Pulisic and Amon are the only attacking wingers in the pool. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a winger f- with my fourth pick, and okay. that is Kenny Seff. Okay, fair. Yeah, again, I'm. Like you said, we're kind of running out of wingers here. I have a few that I've spotlighted, but they're all like as speculative speculative as you can get. Yeah. But I think I'm going to take a risk here and I'm going to go for Nick Tidegui. Nice. That's the joy of this is that it's speculative and everything. It's just hard to say, you know, between Tidegui, Wea, Yanez even. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it is. But like Tidegway's in the best probably position of them of the three in terms yep. of development. 
Okay, fifth pick to me. I will go with John Brooks. Alrighty. Where I'm going to assume he's going to be healthy. And <laughs> That's a dangerous <laughs> assumption to make. Yeah, it is. All right. So with John Brooks off the board, I'm going to go ahead. And, oh, man, I'm stuck in between a couple players right now. I'm going to go with Matt Miazga, center back, soon to be Chelsea legend. <laughs> I'm going to take George Bellow with, oh! my, <laughs> oh, with my sixth pick. Dang, that's such a good one, man. I really think, you know, he'll be 20. Uh, yeah. He'll, be, he'll basically be turning 21 at the World Cup in Qatar. And mm-hmm. he's, I think, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the starting left back by then. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I could see him getting some minutes this year with Atlanta. Really? Yeah. I, I was so impressed by him. Yeah, he's he he passes the eye test for sure. Um, so since left back is a position that's been an issue for like two decades now, um, and you've already taken Bello off the board, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, grab our guy Anthony Robinson. Good call. At this point, we'll hopefully have 200 appearances for Everton. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 200 appearances for the U.S. USA. Oh, I was no, like, no. that would be quite a quite a career over the next four years. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I'm going to take I'm going to take Justin Glad. He's gonna, he's going to be my center back partner with Brooks. That's a very very good pick. Going back to the uh, the drawing board here because I'm getting a little. Little have, antsy. Have I got you all uh, sideways? Well, and this center midfield position is really screwing me up because I was not expecting you to take Keaton Park so early, and when you took Weston, Keaton was my next, my next thought after Tyler Adams. Yeah. Eric Palmer Brown. Yeah, I'm you know I'm looking at your lineup and it's not bad, dude. So I don't know what you're all worried about. Man, you're writing mine down too. Crap. <laughs> yeah, for sure Ooh. I am. This is where there's just not that many choices left. Yeah, I'm gonna put my faith in Mr. William Trap. Okay. And take him with my eighth selection. In the 2022 <laughs> World Cup draft, that's a smart one, I think for sure. Um, I've been pretty impressed with him the past couple games in MLS as well. So with him off the board, that gives me some leeway here. Just to round up my attackers, I am gonna go with Andrew Carlton. Hmm. Again, highly speculative. Of where he ends up positionally, or interesting. I will take with my ninth pick, even though I'm not always a big fan of him. 
I'll take DeAndre Yedlin. DeAndre. Nice. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting because, like, the more I look at right back position, the more I feel a little less positive about it in the future. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Shaq Moore. Uh, I'm putting faith in him on improving in multiple different categories in the next couple of years. So, yeah, hopefully that happens. I'm going, I'm, I'm voting against my heart when I pick Yedlin. Cause I think more, I hope more ends up better than him. I think he may. Yeah. I think, I think there's a chance one of the younger guys will too. Uh, I thought I was really impressed with Manny Perez. Oh yeah. The U twenties. He's mm. playing in college. He's playing at NC state, but, as a forward. <laughs> yeah, he plays wing back, but he was a good defender in those friendlies against France. Yeah. So you got more. I'm going to take, with my 10th pick, Giovanni Reina. Reina, nice. He'll be what, 19 by the next World Cup? Yeah, he'll be 19, turning 20 uh, right when we beat England in the quarterfinals. <laughs> Yeah, so the 2022 World Cup, is it in November or yeah, December? It's in November okay. and a little bit of December, I think. Okay. Yeah, so he turns his birthday is at the end of November, I think. Um, yeah, 19, almost 20. Nice. So a little bit older than, no, about exactly the age Pulisic is. A little bit younger than Pulisic. Yeah. Yeah. I've been impressed with him lately, and hopefully he gets a good move when he turns 16. Does he have to be 16 before he can move? Is that the deal? Yeah, with the European oh, passport. I, I mean, he, he he can move, but uh, he can't play in any organized. Um, See, that's good to know. I didn't I didn't realize that. Still, will have two full years under his belt, right? Yeah, or, yeah, two full years. Okay, I'm back to this center midfield position. And I have two guys in my head, and I'm stuck on both of them. But I think because his stock is higher currently, I'm going to go with... I am going to go with Marky Delgado. That's an excellent choice, I think. And goalkeepers, I'll take I'll take Zach Steffen. Conventional choice, not very nice, not super exciting, but I don't know who else to cho- to choose. Yeah. Um. All right. So with him off the board, and not being too too into most of the most of the options that we have on the younger side right now. I think I'll go with Bill Hamid. Like like uh, John Brooks, I'm putting some faith in him being healthy and playing. I mean, he hasn't played yet, so. Right. Okay. So we have our 11s. When we come back in a second, let's summarize, give our formations, and debate who would win. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Okay.
Okay, we're back. We've both got our lineups. First, before you know, before we get into who is going to win, let's briefly give our formations, and then I have a question for you after that. So, what's your what's your formation? Four, two, three, one. Um, the back Hamid and Gold back four is obviously pretty straightforward. Shaq, Eric Palmer, Brown at right center back, Miazga left center back, and Anthony Robinson at left back. Um, the reason I chose Robinson, um, it's funny on my paper, I, I actually had him in parentheses next to Bello as my first choice because I was pretty torn on, on who I'd like there. Um, yeah. Positive about Anthony and with George, I think is they're both attacking. Um, they both get forward pretty well and they, George Bello is probably a little bit better combining play down the down the sideline but uh i've been with impressed with what i've seen uh, from anthony at bolton in terms of uh getting forward and and getting some crosses in and and i think maybe you mentioned this after the paraguay game is that down the wings we were pretty uh pretty poor i thought mm-hmm. and we, we didn't get really many crosses in so bombarding bombarding the left side with uh Anthony Robinson overlapping the attacker, I think, uh, could cause a lot of problems. So Anthony Robinson at left back, he should be 25 by the World Cup. So prime, prime of his age. life. Yep, yeah. prime of his life. Everton are in the Champions League at that point. Anthony Robinson's the captain, doing great things. <laughs> um, and Shaq, I picked his right back because I think I... I don't know. I, I think he just has a better foundation at the position than DeAndre does. A lot more physical, which can be a bad thing. He seemed a little rash um, in some of his games with Levante, kind of just flying in the tackles and stuff. But mm-hmm. part of me loves that. And I think he showed in, in some instances a capability to go forward as well. So I, I definitely think that's something he needs to improve on. But if uh, Levante stay up and it looks like I think they're seven points above the drop right now. Hopefully he, he gets a, a real consistent run next season and uh, can make something happen there. Yeah, I, so hope, I hope for the same, even though it, it would mean that you would have a better right back than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I'm looking, I actually have a spreadsheet that has uh, people's ages by the World Cup. I don't know if that counts as cheating, but... Uh, no, no, no! It does not count as cheating. I, I created a, uh, the same thing. Oh, okay. He's going to be twenty-five as well around that World Cup, so he should have he should have five years of professional top-tier soccer at that point. So, and then moving into the midfield, I have Tyler Adams. Obviously, um, I think I see him more in the future, especially paired with Marky Delgado as a kind of a number six, um, maybe in the same vein as like uh, Jermaine Jones, 
cover lots of ground and is just kind of a nuisance in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much he'll approve offensively. I'm kind of settling him into that number six position uh, would be pretty good, um, especially considering if he moves on to Germany or wherever, um, which seems likely in the next year. Um, and then next to him, Marky Delgado, uh, who I was really impressed with in the Paraguay game and have since been really impressed with uh, for Toronto FC in the Champions League. Uh, I thought he looked great in that first tie against uh, um, Club America. Yeah, he looked so good. Yeah, I've been really impressed with his timing in, in his thought process. He always has seemed to know where he wants to go you know, before he gets the ball or the second he gets the ball. Um, and his range of passing, I, I've been pretty impressed with. Not to mention, I think his defensive side has definitely improved as well. He caused lots of problems for Club America defensively and for Paraguay, yeah. for that matter. Yeah, we got a good taste of that pairing in the in the Paraguay game. Adams yeah. and Delgado at, at the 8 rather than at the 6. Right. But. That was my holdup. Because I also had Chris Durkin and Will Trapp down. But because I picked Tyler Adams, I wasn't confident enough in his ability to go forward to be a number eight to pick mm-hmm. a Chris Durkin who would be a number six or Will Trap who would be a number six. So I felt like I had to pick somebody who could kind of um, raise that bar a little bit, um, which is the only reason why I don't have Chris Durkin on the um, out there. So yeah, what you're what you're saying kind of raises two of the two of what I think are the big midfield questions over the next four years, which is where does Tyler Adams fit in best? Mm-hmm. And 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 maybe even does he fit in? I think that question should still be asked. And yep. and then uh, who's going to be the number six? Because Bradley, yep. because Bradley is going to be thirty five for the next World Cup, and there's no clear front runner at the six. I mean, I'd like it to be Adams. The two questions mm-hmm. are related. I'd like it to be Adams, just as a U.S. MNT fan, because that that's that makes the rest of it fit together really well. But yeah, I'm not sure he's not there yet. He's not ready to be entrusted with it yet. Yeah. And I definitely don't see Keaton parks or Weston there because I think that totally neuters what they're good at um, right Right. now. Um, So yeah, I just felt like I had, I'm putting my faith in Adams as a number six here um, in, in this. So I like it. Yep. So Adams and Delgado are the midfield pairing. Okay. And then starting from the left of the attacking three midfielders, I have Jonathan Amon, the left, um, was really impressed with him, um, at the end of 2017. Um, thought he showed a, he was just an exciting kind of player going forward. Someone who we haven't really had, um, on the left side of the midfield and unless like probably since DeMarcus Beasley, uh, when he was playing as a midfielder. Uh, so yeah, I've just, I'm still pretty high on him. I think his, his, uh, baseline athleticism is something to be really excited about, but I, I think he also showed in some of his appearances, uh, his ability to kind of slow things down and, um, you know, beat a guy on the dribble um, in in tight spaces. If he continues to do well there, he probably won't be at Nordschillen much longer. But like we like we have mentioned before, I think Emery Moore had the same stats in more games and was shipped off to Borussia Dortmund. 
and for I, a big transfer fee too. I mean, relatively yeah. speaking. Yeah. Yeah. For an 18 year old. Yeah. So very widely scouted league. And I think if Eamon, you know, when he comes back healthy is able to, you know, grab another couple goals and a couple assists, I think he'll definitely get some, get some looks. It just, just need him to get healthy. Cause I totally agree. He's a, yeah, he's a street baller and we got exactly one other player like that in the pool. And his first yeah. name is Christian. <laughs> Let me guess. You got Carlton in the middle there. See, that's where I'm stuck. Um, I, I do think Carlton ends up ends up there as a number ten, just because his athleticism I don't think helps him out on the wing, um, where you should be a little quicker um, and, and and a little bit faster. But I also think Nick Tidegui projects as a number ten, um, and I'm really really high on him shifty on the ball he's tight he's good in tight little spaces and he, he's got a good burst of, of quickness um, to start but he's not he's not supremely fast or anything either but I think for this I'm gonna put Andrew Carlton as number 10 like I said I think he just projects well there and I think if he can do a better job of opening up into the pockets of space behind the the opposing team's number six then he'll be a he'll be a very good player um I oh, just yeah. think that that's what he needs to he needs to work on that. Um, I've tweeted before that I love my my favorite thing about Carlton is something that I think he shares with Clint Dempsey, and that's just that he tries shit. Like I I, I love the fact that he's seventeen and he's not scared to do a flick in front of seventy thousand fans, or um, you know, just kind of try audacious things. And I think as he starts to get more minutes. He'll get more comfortable and he'll find that role and the timing where that stuff might work out a little bit better. And mm-hmm. like we saw against uh, Paraguay in the U-17 World Cup where he was the standout for me. I think passing in the final third I thought was incredibly impressive. His head is always on a swivel, always looking over his shoulders before he receives the ball. And that's just a sign of a good, uh, good player but also a good number 10. So Andrew Carlton, number 10. Yeah. And then Nick T- Nick Tidegui as the right attacking midfielder. Um, like I said, I think he's got he's got solid quickness um, on the ball, uh, and I think he I, I think on the ball he's a very good player. Um, he can combine very well. Uh, he finds good pockets of space. Um, yeah, I just I, I am totally enamored with him. And I if if Schalke weren't in the position that they are needing to lock up Champions League, I would say he's gonna he's going to get an appearance before the end of the season. Um, but because it's getting tighter with Dortmund starting to play a little bit better, I think that's probably held off until until next season. The loss to Hamburg over the weekend really hurt his chances. If they had beaten Hamburg and if they beat Dortmund this weekend, then they would be really sitting pretty. I think you're right. Yeah. His, his, his time is running out. It would take a, some seriously favorable results to Schalke over the next two yeah, weeks for, sure. for him to get a chance. But yeah, a lot of it a lot of it will really be really fall on preseason. Um my guess is he'll be with the first team for preseason and he needs to make he needs to make uh you know a good impression. I, I think he's a better player than Amine Harit. Um <laughs> oh man who, I don't know I'm really, about that. I, I'm not a huge fan of him. I think he just 
I think he, he shows good instances, um, but I also think he sometimes gets a little invisible and doesn't dictate the, the pace of play going forward. Um, well, so, we can agree to disagree on Harit because I'm kind of a fan of his. You took for your first pick, your first pick was an 18-year-old who hasn't played a minute of professional soccer. The big man. Like I said, I think the forward position is really thin. People are probably just going to have to resign themselves to the fact that Josie is still still got a, a big role to play, especially Copa America, uh, which is like a year and a couple months away. Um, he'll be 29. So, yeah, I just think after Josie, who really is there, especially – for 2022, uh, Aaron Johansson will be 31. I mean, he would be an option, but um, it still remains to be seen if this turnaround is a blip or if it's really the second coming of Aaron Johansson. Um, and then Andrea Novakovic, as much as I like him as a player, his momentum in the national team picture really comes down to whatever happens next year um, with with Reading or if Telstar get promoted. For Sargent, I think in my mind he is the lock as like the next, the next big thing. Yeah, as- I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. No, just a couple thoughts on Novakovic. People may not realize. Some people may realize this, but I don't think everybody does. That Telstar plays in the second. They play in the second division of in the Netherlands, but the second division in the Netherlands is really a reserve league. It's like mm-hmm. it's like uh, it's like three liga in Germany. So it's really not a good league. And yeah. it's great that he's scoring a lot of goals there. It's a youth team for Ajax and the youth team for PSV are third and fourth. I think that kind of spotlights maybe the the ability of the league, relatively speaking. But yeah, like you said, I think Andrea has to either go back to Reading and become the starter or the first guy off the bench and get 10 goals in the championship for for me to really consider him as like our number one guy. Yeah, um, I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, it's going to be Altidore, yeah. and then he's going to pass the torch to Sargent, almost certainly. Yeah, just a little about Sargent. I think, I do think that he's going to be with the first team next year, um, from the start. Uh, he's already training with them. He's looked. I wouldn't say he's looked a class above the U19s in the friendlies that you've played, but I'm also not totally against saying that. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I think I think he's a special player, and uh, we've talked about this before on this American Soccer, you know, about his goal that he scored at the U twenty World Cup. Um, it, we just don't really have anyone in our pool who could score a goal like that. And I think playing, you know, all the training he's getting with the first team and the U twenty threes and the U nineteens now um, is only going to make him a better player, um, playing at a faster speed, and so. I'm really excited for him. My uh, bold prediction is he scores six goals next year in the Bundesliga. That's a bold prediction. I, I, I mean, I'm very hopeful that you're right. If it's not, I would be lying if I said it hadn't crossed my mind. The, the two questions I have about him is: are is he gonna? Does he have the quickness? They both have to do with speed, speed of play, mm-hmm. and like just literal physical speed. Does he have the quickness to get separation from you know elite? defenders if there's a weakness in his game it's it's burst it's like Mm -hmm. you know fast twitch muscles 
Yeah. And, and then the speed of decision-making required for him in transition seemed to be like a little bit of a problem, you know, like mm-hmm. he's still getting calibrated to that even at the U19 level. But, but man, his, like, like you said, his ability to just hit the ball cleanly when he gets a chance is remarkable. I mean, he just hammers the ball yeah. with either foot and it's on frame. If, I mean, if he has any kind of opening, it's on frame and with his back to a defender, he, he can play, you know, he can yeah. turn a defender. His hold up play is really, really solid. And it's not like, it's not transcendent. Like he's not, he's not doing like amazing passes, but it's, right. it's very good. It's very it's effective. solid. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the, the one, the one thing you noted there, which the one thing that I noted that you just mentioned was his ability to strike a ball. And I've seen a lot of people call him like the American Harry Kane. And I don't think he has much similarities with Harry Kane, to be totally honest. But where I do think they're similar is is exactly in that. Their ability to strike the ball. Um, Harry Kane, every time he hits it, it's like either low to the ground and right on frame or placed perfectly. Um, and I've noticed that with Josh, too. Even the one that you spotlighted from the um, from the friendly this past weekend, uh, the friendly tournament, I think it was the one where the ball was kind of bouncing and he hit it from like probably 15 yards, but he just smoked it right past the goalie. Yeah. Like the goalie had no chance, but it was just like a, it was a half chance for him and he just pounced on it and hit it perfectly right on frame. And I think having somebody who can just put pressure on goalies just from his shots like that is, is is great so sergeant that's my guy he'll be what 22 i think he'll be 22 do we do we have to pick a captain if you want to sure uh okay captain i'm going with tyler adams fair enough i'm gonna start from the top because it's the most it's the most controversial choice i made and it's and it kind of segues nicely with the discussion of Sargent. I'm very jealous of you that you got Josh Sargent. <laughs> My the safe pick would be to, to grab Altador because he's he, we know what we'll get with him, and but mm-hmm. he but he will be 33 at that point. And on the flip side, we know what we get with him, which is you know a guy who struggles to be the lone for the lone striker, and. Uh, plays a lot smaller than his size, so sure. so I I'm going totally outside of the box here, and I'm I'm picking Giovanni Reina as my number nine. I, think, I was wondering what you were doing there. Yeah, I think he's gonna grow into that. He's gonna keep growing into his frame. He's already one of the biggest kids at the U17 level, mm-hmm. and he's uh, you know barely 15. So I th- assuming he keeps growing, he he should hit like five eleven, which is Sergeant's size, or you know six one, which is Robert Lewandowski Lewandowski's size. And he is, you know, he's not like a burner on the wing, the way Pulisic is or Jonathan Heyman. He's just really silky, and he also hits the ball cleanly when he gets a chance. Not quite. He doesn't. He doesn't have a hammer boot the way Sergeant does, but. He does hit the ball well, and he's a and he's a he's a clever passer. So if he, mm-hmm. so I'm banking a lot on his like physical development because if he yeah. doesn't, 
and it, then I don't have a number nine, and <laughs> I'm screwed. False nine. Yeah, yeah, a false nine. I guess doesn't really work with my formation, which is a four three three. Uh, the t- I'm using the Tab Ramos four three three. Very nice. I've got Saif and Pulisic on the wings. I'd be happy with them um, on either side, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if we want to go a little more attacking, I say we put Saif on the right and Pulisic on the left, so they're both cutting in on their stronger foot. Um, Which but- is something that Tab Ramos kind of, kind of uh, instituted with his with his team. I thought right outside of Brooks Lennon on the right. Um, yeah. Right. And I think Pulisic's at the point where he, I know there's a lot of debates on the internet about, is he better on the right or is he better on the left? I think it kind of doesn't matter at this point. He's probably, he's really good on both sides. Are you still on the don't play him as a number 10? Yes. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. He would have been my number 10 if I picked him, I think. Yeah. I would rather have Carlton as a 10 than Pulisic. I mean, you know, assuming Carlton, pans out the way I expect yeah. him to. So there's my there's my front three. The the midfield, which I really prioritized as you can tell, um is my captain, Weston McKenney and Keaton Parks as kind of dual eights with Parks Parks maybe getting into the box a little bit more than McKenney does and McKenney being a little mm-hmm. bit more of a pure box to box midfielder. I think those are the two probably the two best proven passers in the pool right now. Um, maybe Delgado's up there with them. Bradley has a claim on that, but they're right there in the conversation, even though Parks has barely played any professional minutes. It's a good passer. And probably won't the rest of the year, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Wait, he's he's a little bit in the um, in the Sargent situation, in yeah. the Shaq Moore situation, where we just got to hope for the best in the fall. The, all all reports out of Benfica are that they rate him well and that he's in the plans for the first team. They've been playing him so deep when he's gotten his appearances with the first team. So I do I do hope that he doesn't lose his attacking edge uh, that he shows with, with Benfica B. Yeah. I mean, he's got those quick feet and he's got... He's got that passing vision, so if he ends up as a six for Benfica and becomes the next Nemanja Matic, then he, then that solves a big problem for the U.S. national team. That's that's true. So I I, I don't really care too much, but for my purposes, I have him as a sort of eight slash ten. Yeah, and McKinney's you know responsible for, has a lot of responsibility in this setup because he's covering for Trap. So is Parks, of course, but McKinney even more so, covering for trap and connecting defense to offense. Uh, trap is my six. I'm a little surprised you didn't pick Will Trap as your captain, to be honest. Oh yeah, I think McKinney's already surpassed Trap in terms of like um, charisma and, I mean, career accomplishment. You could argue. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> It's. I think. It, I think when McKenney's healthy, it's going to be his team sooner mm-hmm. than, rather than later. Yeah, especially if things pan out the way they're looking like they will, with players going out of Schalke next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like Weston's going to be day one, ninety-minute guy for Schalke. 
Yeah, it does feel that way. And I would not be surprised if he starts in the Derby on Sunday against Dortmund gets his second chance at that after his mm-hmm. ignominious exit <laughs> last time. Yeah. Um he played he played he didn't play a perfect game on in the loss against Hamburg, but he played pretty well and he and he had that really nice the really nice pass to set up the second goal. So is he your your best passer in the pool at the moment? Yeah, I would say so. I mean when he's yeah. on the ball, he's he's really looking to play a pass, and I don't know that there's anybody else that way. Yeah. He's, he's not a dribble he's not much of a dribbler. I'm not just like saying he's good at everything. But when he's when he turns his his head is up and he's just tr- he's trying to like thread the needle, and he's right. he's able to, a lot of the time. Yeah, I think he's going to be the most valuable player in the pool for a, a long time, assuming he stays healthy and keeps developing. Because mm-hmm. he brings so much, he brings so much steel and aerial prowess. He's got to get a little. I think he's got a little get a little bit smarter about how to play in the middle of the pitch against elite competition. And we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes at Schalke. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Tyler, Tyler Adams is the same, I think. Yeah. Still, still looks a little antsy on the ball in the middle of the field. That's why you, it's great for you that you have Delgado. Cause he doesn't. He, yeah. He's so he calm. Doesn't have that. Yeah. He seems like he's totally, he totally understands his role and does it perfectly. So, I, I kind of wanted him. I was to- a little bit torn between him and Keaton Parks, to be honest with you. <laughs> but with the recognition that the, the six is a weak position, as we discussed earlier, so tra- yeah. so traps who I went with. Enough about that. Um, Bello is my left back. Yedlin's my right back. I got Brooks and Glad in the middle. I'd say my first choice center back pairing is Brooks and Miazga, but um, you took Miazga first. I. Th- Glad's struggled a little bit this year, but I think he'll be fine, and eventually yeah. he'll go to Europe. He's a really he seems like a really smart player, and he's way more athletic than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Absolutely. And then you know John Brooks is, I think most of us would agree, when healthy and in form, he is the best center back, the best American center back. So yeah. That, that sort of speaks for itself. Yeah, we talked about Bello. He's he's an attacking left back. He's only sixteen, but he looks like he looks like the real deal when you watch him in USL. He, oh yeah, he really holds down his side of the field and he can get in on the attack. If Saif is sitting in front of him, then that's a good combination because Saif can be sort of the fulcrum for Bello's bombing runs and cover for him sort of disguising mm-hmm. Saif's lack of um you know speed and attacking flair. Uh, and then Yedlin, I've expressed my reservations there. I think we may have other right backs who come up um ahead of him such as Manny Perez and Serginho Dest and your Shaq Moore, but I'm not confident enough that any of them is going to be better than Yedlin even though I kind of hope they all three are. Yeah. Yeah, that those were I, I actually struggled with that right back position cuz after like a lot of the guys are kind of just like what ifs. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's funny like right back is starting to become a little less uh, assured than left back is now. Yeah, isn't that funny? 
you've got Hamid, Hamid. I've got Stefan at goalkeeper. I, th- I think in in reality that position is completely up for grabs. So neither of us picked Tim Weah. Yeah. Explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I mean, I'm I'm so happy for him, and I think it's great that he's playing for. Paris and I think he actually looked pretty good in his five minute cameo. Again, it's just five minutes uh, for the U.S. Um, but I just don't know where. I don't see him as an improvement over Amon at all. I think Amon has more attacking bite, um, much better on the ball, faster. Um, so I think Amon's just a better player. He's not better than Josh Sargent. That's pretty clear. Um, I just don't know where he ends up on the field. Is it a number nine or is it as like an attacking midfielder or a winger? Um, I think he'd probably fit better in your lineup than he would mine, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think he has, he has a lot of work sort of in the same realm as Shaq where I think his foundation's pretty good. I think he's, he makes great runs off the ball. Um, like he like he showed in his second appearance for PSG, uh, but yeah, I just don't think he's dynamic enough a player right now um, to start ahead of Sergeant Amon, um, Tidigui or Carlton. Right, I would agree. I would agree with you. It's definitely in the case of Amon, and I think I would I would I'd be open to debating it with Tidigui. When we come back, we're gonna. We're going to talk about who's going to win. Um, so who would win this game? Ah, I think, I don't know, I have a lot of faith in my attacking four. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of positives there. Uh, where I do think you have me beat is in the center of the midfield. Um, with with Will Trap especially being super deep and, and you know, having to pick up Weston and Keaton Parks. Um, I think that's a lot to ask for Adams alone. Um, and yeah. Delgado, Delgado being the player he is, he, you know, he might be kind of, um, all over the place, but I mean, if, if they have a good understanding together, then I think it should be okay. Back four is actually Eric Palmer Brown is the biggest question mark. I think back here, I think he's a very good player, but where's he going to end up? It's not going to be Manchester City, um, so his the the loans that he goes on are really important. My analysis of your lineup is you do have potential in your front four to just play some gorgeous football, but the question is, are they is there going to be a foundation behind them for that kind of gorgeous right. football? Yeah, uh, and I think that's the problem. Tyler Adams really needs to, you know, solidify himself as a number six. But I, I like the idea of Marky Delgado picking up the ball at half and playing a nice through ball to Eamon, who drops it back to Taitagui, who then plays Sargent in. Like I think I think a lot of it a lot of it really relies on 
how Adams and Delgado can get on together. Yeah. And I think Moore and Robinson are both, they both have potential as distributors from yeah. fullback, but they're, mm-hmm. they're both a little shaky yeah. as, as is Yedlin. Um, yeah. Shaq Moore, especially, I think um, we've, we've watched him on the ball for Levante. And most of the time he's looked like, I think kind of nervous um, or maybe a little, not as assured about what his next move is going to be. Like you see him thinking pretty hard about where he's going to move with the ball. Um, so yeah, I, I think attacking out of the right back position is definitely a question mark. Um, like I said, with Robinson, I think he's going to end up being okay uh, for that. Bello is definitely uh, an improvement on the attacking side and the defensive side on both of my players. So well done. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, people listening to this who aren't following George Bello closely might say, hey, he's only 16. He's not. What are you guys talking about? And that would be fair. But I guess I'd just say wait and see. You know, he's going <laughs> to he's gonna be the, he's gonna be the guy at left back. He's got all the tools to be yep. a, a left back in a big league in Europe. Agreed. Within 100%. the next three or four years. Yeah, I like you. Like you said, EPB is a question mark, and Miazga is uh, Miazga is not a question mark. I think he's very solid. Yeah. So I think you got. I'm scared of that front four, though. Yeah. Yeah. My I... my, my lineup is. You know, I really like McKinney and Parks and Trap in the middle. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Even, even though Trap is limited, he. He's if he's got those if he's got two good players in front of him, I think he's 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 set up for success and can and conduct that role effectively. I also obviously have Pulisic, who is I think both of us to a certain extent sort of fight back against the the deification of Christian Pulisic by the American fan base. So yeah. I'm so I'm prone to like criticizing him, saying he's not a ten or. Or you know he's having a bad year. He's not he's not getting a lot done for Dortmund. But you know, even though I have said all that, I still think he's the most dangerous player in the pool with the ball at his feet, and mm-hmm. he he creates. I mean, that's like doesn't take a rocket scientist to say that. So he can destabilize a defense um, by himself. And if he's got Wes McKinney and Keaton Parks dropping passes to him, I think. That's gonna be a problem for that's gonna be a problem for Anthony Robinson and even Matt Miazga. Yep. The big question, obviously, for my lineup is 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 Gio Reyna gonna be a nine? Yeah, you really took a you really took a jump on that one. Yeah, I mean, who 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 would you have chosen if you were me as the striker with Sergeant off the uh, table? Novakovic. I, I don't know. So I had Josie on my list, and I had Tim Weah as the third. So Josie, I guess. Probably if I were going to be prudent, I should make it Altidore. But a 33-year-old Altidore in 2022, it's just a depressing thought for me. I do think Reyna has the tools to be a number nine if he grows you know, if he grows a couple more inches. I'm sticking with it. It's a good one. And, you know, the rest of the lineup is, is what it is. Of course, I'm going to say this, but I think I think my team would win but only because I have Pulisic and I have a stronger midfield 
I will concede, though, that if Adams and Delgado can figure it out and disrupt what I'm trying to do and connect with Carlton, Taitagwe, and Eamon in a productive way, you could run you could run me out of the park, you know. Yeah, I think even though you have Gio Reyna at the number nine, I think the rest of your midfield from Will Trap forward is less of a speculation than mine is. I'm sorry, did you give a score of the of the of what you think it'll be? Mm, no, I didn't. I think okay, two to one, two to one, two to one. Goal scorers are Pulisic and Giarena. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, no, I'll say three to one. McKenny on a set piece. As nice. Well. Yeah. So I was also gonna, I was gonna go three one, but I think I'm gonna go three two, because I just think your attacking potency with your midfield is pretty dangerous. Um, but I'm totally expecting Tidegui to by this point, be like the starting number 10 ahead of Weston McKinney at Schalke. Um, (laughs) Amen as the starting for like Red Bull Leipzig or somewhere like that. Carlton should be starting in Spain by this point, and Josh Sargent is uh, the top goal scorer in the Bundesliga. You're a dream weaver, Dylan. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's the the worst thing about me. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and say 3-2, my guys. I'm feeling pretty good about that. 3-2. So who are the goal scorers again? So for me, me, I think I'm going to go Eamon and Sargent with two. And then what, you give him Pulisic and Reyna a goal for me? Yeah. Yeah. Pulisic will definitely pop up with one. And Reyna, like you said... Uh, if he grows into his body, could be a real danger. So, so that yeah, this is fun. So we'll we'll put these on Twitter, and people can you know if people want to, they can vote on it and see yeah who they think has the better the better squad. And we'll make sure to note that I got the first pick because that was definitely an advantage. All right, we'll put this on Twitter. Let us know what you think, Dylan. Thank you for thank you for doing this. Much appreciated. Yeah, it's it's been great. Um a lot of fun and like I said, my my whole world is on these kids' shoulders, so hopefully they can live up to my <laughs> impossible expectations. Yeah. What a weird <laughs> what a weird world. It's at yeah. it's at don't tread D O N T T R E A D soccer on Twitter. Check them out. Great Twitter account. Appreciate it. All right. Take care everybody.